Welcome to the ABC edition of Daytime Confidential, brought to you by DaytimeConfidential.com. On today's show, we discuss the return of the Daytime Emmys to CBS, One Life to Live's ratings hit an all-time low, Vanessa Marcel is in talks with General Hospital once again, and All My Children says goodbye to Adam, Brooke, and Palmer all in the same week. All this and much more on today's show, so stay tuned. Welcome. Hi. Bernard, welcome. Hello. Well, there was some pretty big news this last week in the world of soaps. The Daytime Emmys are returning to one of the big three broadcast networks, specifically CBS, on June 27th. Bernard, uh, what do you think of the news, and what are the pros and cons of making the jump back into the big three? I think that it's, it's, it's great that it's, that it's back on network TV. But the ratings were pretty good at the CW, and I think by for, CW uh, standards, the ratings by, were by really C, good. By, right by CW standards, and I think um, you know CBS might have taken a look at that, particularly since the CW is a part of Viacom as uh, CBS is, and said, you know, maybe we give it a shot. Um, uh, under the pros category of it, um, I think that it's good that daytime as a whole is uh, is, is getting that exposure. The show, and, and this might be a con, is probably um, not only a lot cheaper to produce, but also a lot cheaper to license, which, you know, also gave CBS, uh, you know, reason to look at it a good, uh, again. And, um, and I think that, you know, this is the biggest boost is it's giving the remaining soaps on the air a platform uh, for, for, for more recognition, you know, even though CBS is going to promote um, it shows over the other networks, but all the networks have done that in the past. I, think I fully thing, an, I fully anticipate Wayne Brady hosting the daytime Emmys this year. I have oh, no inside information, but he has hosted these type of programs before, and considering this is CBS, I just have a sneaking suspicion. Well, you know, I was just about to get to, I was just about to get to that. Um, I think that um, part of the con is is that. CBS is really going to promote, you know, not only let's make a deal, which I've about to never watch and never have, but it is awful. awful. It, it is terrible. Um, uh, but I think that they're going to really do what ABC did a few years ago um, when they host, when they aired the daytime Emmys, and it really became a platform on ABC for Barbara Walters to announce that Rosie O'Donnell was going to join The View as a host. And I believe that what CVS is really doing in this agenda is to use it as a platform to announce whatever show, whether it be a game show or a talk show, uh, both of which have been rumored and reported to be in development at CVS, to promote those shows um, much more than, than, than um, you know, looking at, the, the day, looking at daytime as a whole or the soaps, you know, uh, in particular. That's like my big, my big sort of thing. It's not, I can't blame them for that, um, but by, at the same token, I just think that that's more of the hidden agenda, quote unquote, um, than any than anything else. Um, but you're probably right, Wayne Brady. Wayne and, Brady uh, and Drew Carey. Julie Chen. Yeah, <laughs> Wayne Brady, Drew Carey are going to get together and rec- recreate um, Whose Line Is It Anyways at the Daytime Emmys. I just predict it now. Um, <laughs> 
Reagan, what are your thoughts on it and the pros and cons from your standpoint? Well, like Bernard said, it's great that it's back on network TV. I do know that last year was CBS's turn in the rotation. The CW um, wound up with it after CBS declined. So now CBS is doing it this year. It's a little funny that they're the network that canceled two soap operas, um, whether it was Procter and Gamble's decision to, to no longer produce them or the network's decision. Um, it is a little funny that they're the ones to be airing the Emmys uh, when they seem to be the least to support the soap operas. But again, it's it's good to be on a larger network. Um, it's nice that these actors and actresses on soaps get a bigger venue to display their talents. And what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I think it's great yeah. that, it's in, that it's in Vegas. Um, I think it's a little bit more fun atmosphere for these actors and actresses. I think um, maybe it could get a little bit more production value out of Vegas. You know, there's tons of shows in Vegas that, you you know, not everything is top-notch producer out of L.A. or New York. You know, some show Vegas producer could come in there and put on a great show because that's Mm -hmm. one thing that I think ABC has always had over CBS. They put on a much better show than CBS had. Oh, by far. <laughs> so I, I would say it's on terrible ones. In that's the, past, the only but... con in my book is that uh, it's it's on CBS. Um, mm-hmm. is Do the, you we'll remember all those, be the bad old days when when NBC hosted the daytime Emmys? Those were those were horrible. Yeah, horrible too. ABC was always fantastic with their Emmy cast. The actual Emmy nominations are going to be announced on May 12th. Before we move on to the next topic, Bernard, um, who are you most hoping will get a nomination? Um, I have a, a list that's too long to go Keep it into. to one. One. Yeah, who is the it, one person? One person? The one person who you would most like to see get the nomination this year. The one person? Uh, oh, good Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Drew Garrett. Okay. Um, I, I I think that out that of, would a be lot interesting. Drew people, Garrett sitting in the general hospital section right. is <laughs> right. Uh, I, I think out of um, uh, all of the people who sort of made a splash last year, I think in, a, in under very interesting circumstances, he came in and was gangbusters with some of the heaviest hitters on uh, the general hospital roster. And not only, you know, was you know, what did he go toe to toe with them, he was really good in his own right. So he would probably be the one I would probably be most happy about. But can I can I add like one more, please? No, no, no. I said oh, one. Oh, <laughs> you're such a dictator. <laughs> no, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I the, the one person that I would love the other person I would love to see is Austin Peck from As the World Turns. Uh-oh. You just want to see you just want to see the expression on people's faces when they're sitting in the sections of their soaps. I think that's what it is. That, 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 that was a huge bonus for me. Trust me. That's oh, a, a huge, huge bonus. One. Okay, Reagan, who's the one person who you'd like to see most nominated? You know, it's funny. I think it's like the year of the firings. It's everybody that ABC dropped really deserves these nominations. Fish mm-hmm. Boys, Drew Garrett. And really, the person that doesn't deserve it, who probably get it, is Tony Geary. So, 
<laughs> well, good point. Um, I, I think that you guys have made great picks. I'm personally hoping that Billy Miller gets a nomination for The Young and the Restless. Um, okay. Speaking of The Young and the Restless, YNR has been on a roller coaster a ride for its ratings, as has One Life to Live. It hit an all-time low this last week. Reagan, uh, how much of an impact does One Life to Live's ratings have to do with Kish, his departure? I think a lot. I mean, they pissed off a lot of fans. They really did. I think you always hear fans threaten that they're going to tune out. And you, you kind of wonder in the back of your mind, are they really going to do it? I mean, soaps are notorious for pissing off their fans. And yet the same fans are still commenting. And you got to know that they're still watching because they know a little too much about the show. And they'll say, I don't watch. I only come here. And that's all I know about it. And you kind of got to say, well, you know a little too much to just get it from here. I think you're still watching, but it's fine. I, you know, I sometimes would say, I haven't watched in weeks because I can't stand it, and I'm really watching it. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but I think in this instant, I think people really tuned out. And I just really think when you treat people the way that these actors got treated, I think it in this time and age and this economy and stuff, I think it kind of really hit home with a lot of people that are going through their own struggles. And I think people were just like, you know, just was not cool. I'm done. I'm really, really done. And I think a lot of people are seeing the writing on the wall for one life to live and just don't want to invest their time in it anymore. Well, and Bernard, I, uh, the mm-hmm. counterpoint to that, and one of the th- things that I've seen on uh, in the comments on Daytime Confidential is that people have responded that One Life to Live existed before Kish, and mm-hmm. they they would po- they have pointed out that there have been significant other problems going with One Life to Live um, mm-hmm. at the same time that the whole Kish debacle went down, whether it be seventeen-year-old Jessica again or the various other storylines. Do you think that there is that the fact that the other storylines are floundering so badly is just as much of a contributing factor? Or do you think that there was a Kish effect? Um, I think that it's a combination. And most of, and, and, and I, 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 I sort of, I fall on the, the side of those fans in the comments section. You know, there was one life to live before there was Kish. Uh, and I love, I love Kish. I love, um, um, you know, that story um, is one of the bright spots, bright spots of the last few years on the show. And they, and they did have a great following. But I think this was a perfect storm of stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, in the same sort of like two-week period where, uh, you know, Kyle and Oliver ushered off the canvas, um, we also saw... Daphne Duplass, Duplex, um, uh, who played Rachel, she was gone. We saw the destruction of the very popular Skyler, played by Scott Jap- Scott, uh, Scott Clifton. He was gone. We saw Amanda Seton, who was setting the, sh- the show on fire. She was gone. And you know, all of those, all of those people, to, to much varying degrees of passion, and maybe even number, and, and certainly numbers. Um, also had, you know, the little fan bases. And if you tuned in specifically to see Kish or, or within the last year or so, uh, some, of, some of the more popular characters and or actors 
we're suddenly being written off the canvas in Moss. But and, and so I think that that contributed to it. I also think that um, uh, that uh, uh, that that points to a bigger problem. You know, all of those other storylines. You know, Mitch Lawrence was still going pretty strong, or winding down during that time. You know, there was the Stacey Morasco thing that it just sort of wrapped up um, uh, just prior to that. You see, you see, you see, you saw those stories going on, and then you see, you know, the show has shifted tonally and narratively um, in in the last couple of weeks. And you all correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm seeing is a show that under Colavati and Valentini, Ron Colavati and uh, Frank Valentini, has gone from this really densely structured, um, multi- where, where multiple characters, sometimes up to a dozen at a time in an episode, um, you know, interacting with each other and stories sort of flowing in and out of each other has now been sort of distilled down to a kind of like, you know, a classic sort of ABC type story structure. And it doesn't help that those ABC, and, those ABC stories, Marty's loss with the pregnancy uh, and, and, and Marty's loss of the baby, which I just, I just, just boys me to tears. I don't even care about that. Um, uh, you've got uh, the high school musical thing. You've got uh, all of this stuff. Those aren't terribly good stories at all. Um, the actors even seem to be struggling. You know, a lot of them seem to have like what the hell is going on looks on their faces. Um, you <laughs> so know, then, when, so when, you when, think when they're doing this stuff. So, so you're seeing this play out on screen um, in a way that, even though I think Colavati and Valentini have tried to try to minimize that, that, that shift. Um, I think that the, the combination of the stories being either bad or reworked or warmed over um, and, and, and the loss of all of these actors at the same time and the dropping of all these storylines at the same time don't equally push as many people away. Um, I do, as, you do as, see, as Kish. You, you are seeing less of the characters weaving in and out of each other's storylines and more of, like you said, these A, B, C, and D stories. The only one you're seeing a little bit of it is with Marty's storyline where Tad is kind of pulling Cole in with the whole um, Hannah story. Mm -hmm. But it's very lame at best. Um, It And when I, you know... And there are all these other things that happen, like Bernard said. I do think that the Kish fans have been the most outspoken and loudest. And that's why I I say I do believe that it has affected the ratings in the show. um, Just because they have been the loudest. And I'm not saying that these other fans didn't have any impact on it or that these other things haven't impacted it at all. They they lost some some huge talents and they've they've obviously gone down some very wrong paths and it's it's showing. It's showing on screen, it's showing in the ratings. It's it's definitely showing. And it's unfortunate that it seems like that no more than two soaps could be really good at once. Right. I know, Luke, right? Luke, as a days viewer, and you're a days viewer. Yes. When um, Drake Hoveston and Deidre Hall were fired, uh, and they and they they finally left the canvas, how big was? Do you remember how big a drop, if any, that Day suffered in the ratings at that time? 
I do I not. Was from, I think that was from negative impact, but not a whole lot. And I think that the out the 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 outcry against their firing was probably equal to. Um, you know, well, when the, it comes to outcry, when it comes to outcries, at least amongst daytime confidential readers and listeners, mm-hmm. there has never been an outcry as large as Kish. The the, the response um, in comments in voicemails was more than Guiding Light's cancellation. It was more than patching Kayla, which was the previous um, one when um, Stephen Nichols and Mary Beth Evans were let go from days that they they had up till that point had the highest amount of call-ins and comments on the blog, but at, with Kish, Kish broke all of those records. Oh, it's it's unfortunate that it seems like no more than two soaps can be really good at the same time, but one of those soaps that is making a turnaround, and we'll see what happens after May when the new writers are in charge, is All My Children. This last week we saw we said goodbye to not one, not two, but three very popular characters and actors. David Canary's um, Adam Chandler, James Mitchell's Palmer Cortland, and Julia Barr's Brooke English. Bernard, what did you think of the Palmer Memorial? Um, I thought the memorial was, I loved it. I really loved it. I have to give a little shout out to um, uh, a daytime uh, confidential uh, uh, reader, the best. Um, who was really mad about the reveal of Dixie at the end um, <laughs> when she ushered when she ushered Palmer into heaven because uh, he was like, oh, this was just horrible that, uh, you know, they reminded us what a mistake it was to kill Dixie. They reminded of us I, of what a mistake it was to have her in a red hairstyle. Well, I, that, that, was my, that was my problem with that. <laughs> but, other, but other than that, I thought it was a brilliant touch, a brilliant coda. To the end of, of what was a really beautiful send-off for uh, for uh, for James Mitchell, um, it was it was heartfelt. Um, you could tell that the actors were saying goodbye to a former colleague and friend as much as the characters were saying goodbye to you know uh, a character who had been a force to be reckoned with. And I was watching all my children when Palmer first arrived on the scene, and he was. He was something else. He was he was a tyrant. He was a dictator. He was um, uh, uh, full of himself, and 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 the aristocrat. He was very much an Emily Bronte type character. Um, um, but he was just fantastic. And and and, I, and you know the flashbacks to uh, Clip and Nina's wedding. Um, so great. And and, and and different and different just different storylines that they flash back to. Bringing back uh, um, uh, uh, his daughter, uh, his daughter Nina, and um, and Daisy. I, Daisy, yes, bringing that Daisy brought back memories for me of Daisy and her mother Myra, who were, you know, Myra, who was you know Nina's grandmother. I just thought it was so good, and it was so well done, it was so well produced, um, mm-hmm. and um, and I thought it was just a fitting tribute and to one of one of the best actors who, in my memory never turned in or phoned in a performance. He never turned in a bad performance. He never phoned in a performance in my memory in all the years that I've been watching. And, I think it was um, like the great best, mo- sorry, it was the best memorial I have seen in such a long time. 
well, mm-hmm. spe- uh. specifically on All My Children, it was uh. it was many times better than Myrtle's. Oh my god! <laughs> and I love Myrtle. I love Myrtle, but Mer- by comparison, this was light years ahead of Myrtle's. It like reminded mm-hmm. me of Matt Corey's on Another World. Oh, I just yeah. remember Matt Corey's being a phenomenal oh, memorial yeah. episode, and uh, it was just. It was so touching, mm-hmm. and Luke told me, make sure you have your tissues, and oh, it was just beautiful. It really was. It was a beautiful episode. Mm-hmm. What I thought was interesting about it as I was watching the episode, and then I wrote a post about um, the departure of David Canary on the blog, and as I was going back through the old clips, and I was watching like the 20th anniversary um, episodes, and I was seeing their flashbacks from the 20th anniversary episode, I... I was watching it. It's like, wow, Palmer. This week on All My Children is the closest I've seen to being like episodes at the 20th anniversary. Now, granted, I wasn't watching them back then, but but if you compare the flash, if you compare the YouTube clips to Palmer's memorial and Adam's departure, it was a really good week um, mm-hmm. in terms of quality on All My Children, and. Reagan, what did you think of Brooke, Brooke and Adam riding it off into the sunset? And what do you think? You know, I liked the whole scene when he was kind of like giving up the company. I loved him walking in on Annie and JR. <laughs> loved it. I, I liked him and Colby running after Brooke. I liked all of that. I liked him and Brooke in the park. I loved it all. I just kind of felt like at the end when they walked off together and they were going to go off together, I kind of just felt like, that's it? That's all? Like, he's not going to go say goodbye to anybody? We're not going to get any, like, tearful goodbyes or anything? That's it? Like, Well, they're leaving well, it open-ended. I, I yeah. get that. I, I get that. But I kind of felt like, here's the, like, icon of, one of the icons of this show, and he's leaving. And yeah, I know that there's this possibility of him coming back from time to time, but... I'm like, but that's it. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, you know, though, I would, I would rather, I, I would rather see that than what happened with Kendall and Zach when they left, and then have their return end up like it did. Yeah, that, I found I to be disappointed. I would rather, I would rather it. They just take off. They walk off into the sunset. We can imagine whatever they're doing. Actually, I don't want to imagine what they're doing. But um, I, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to see what they were doing when they were on screen. It, um, I'm in denial, though. I'm in total denial because. I, Adam has been my favorite character since I started watching. In fact, he's probably he is my I think my all time yeah. favorite soap character, and I. I love Jacob Young. I think Melissa Claire Egan as Annie has made significant strides. Their pairing is fantastic. Awesome. But without Sky or Haley, we need – Scott is at this point has not proven himself to be a viable um, competitor to JR. Marissa needs to go. Yes. And, and, and to me, to me, to me, the thing is, is it's like, okay, we've been told that this is going to become a war within the family. Mm-hmm. Um, Annie and Jr. are going to eat the other three for lunch. Yeah, and I don't well, like that. I want them to go up against some like real competitive or real competition. I mean, it would be one thing oh, if it would be one thing if Petey had been recast and brought back, and he had been in town for some time. And Petey was taking over, 
Cortland, and JR was in charge of Chandler, and we had Chandler versus Cortland 2.0. But and if you had a good Colby and Colby and PD and oh yes, <laughs> but I mean to me, to me, there's like I I'm looking forward to a war within the Chandler family, but Marissa, Scott, and Colby just don't have a chance in hell. Right. I was going to say this this storyline with Annie and Jr., which I I I'm just digging them digging the hell out of them. Um, is a chance for 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 um, Kriesman and and Swajewski to do something with Marissa or to write her out. I mean, there's only like only two viable ways to go. Well, I believe in an interview Marissa. they are quoted as having said something along the lines of uh, Marissa is going to be taking after her father, and mm-hmm. I just don't know i don't see this act uh, and no offense i know she's like a great broadway actress i don't mm-hmm. see her becoming this david 2.0 female version i, oh, I just no i don't buy it i mean maybe right. i hope she's in in, wrong, in, in my in, in my um soap fantasy draft i had all my children st- stealing Lindsay hartley to become the new marissa and if i had thought that through that a little bit more <laughs> if i thought that through a little bit more i would have gotten Lorenzia lozano to be liz <laughs> or to be liza colby it would have all worked all of a sudden the colby's no mention the colby's oh, yeah. latino i've got marcy <laughs> ryland do not worry let's talk about general hospital for a bit um guza revealed yet again that he is in talks with with Vanessa Marcel. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Reagan, um, he if, if, Vanessa Marcel in his own mind. If, if <laughs> Vanessa Marcel doesn't come back this time, after after the many times that we've been rumored that she's going to come back, do you think that fans are going to just say, so what? Because it, I get a sense reading the, song, the comments on the blog, it's like, so? She said they're she was already back there. before. You know, I think they're already there. Fans see these posts and they see these news articles and I've said it myself I am not even going to report on this in spoilers until it is a fact that's how much I'm not saying a peep about it until it's a fact she has said time and time again if it would ever work out she'd gladly come back to general hospital if it was for a day a week a month a year I mean she's said it she's looks like she's having fun with this Bannon way it's winning awards and who knows if he can get her back guza there's your wet dream but i really think the man's having talks with her in her in his head i really do because it's it i think really it's it just hadn't been reported in a good six months so he wanted to make sure it was still you know good news and it was still out there you know she's getting her own press with bannon way and he was like well wait a second it hasn't been on the cover of a magazine in a long time that I'm talking to her. Make let me make sure it gets out there. Granted, that's my own opinion. I'm sure he's talked to her because she has said time and time again she would come back, and I'm sure he's got some some great idea now that Sonny and Jacks are feuding over the whole thing. And maybe will they'll explain the the Barrett on night shift. You never know. Oh, maybe mm. or you know. <laughs> Who's Cooper, dead now. Cooper Barrett. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Bernard, uh, what what do you think? Is it is it uh or is it look something to look forward to if she would actually return? 
Can I? Am I allowed to say that I don't give a shit? Okay, yes. let's move on. Let's move on. In, in more interesting topics, Cad debuted this last week on General Hospital, the role of Michael. Am I allowed to say I don't give a shit? <laughs> first, first impressions, Reagan. Um, I'm not impressed. And I know he admitted to having a rocky first week. And I know this is what we're seeing. But I'm what I'm seeing is... Tell me again why you recasted, because I don't see a good enough reason. So until he gives me a good enough reason, I'm going to tell you I don't care. The confession was the worst confession ever. Um, the payoff on this whole storyline now sucks. Um, yeah, you cut his hair so he looks a little bit better. He was crappy in his scenes with Lulu. I'm just going to call it how it is. We've always called it how it is. He obviously needs to get... Um, get the nerves worked out, get the kinks worked mm-hmm. out. Supposedly he has. Supposedly some of these actors have, you know, backed him up and said he's really good. So when I see it, I'll say I am wrong. I was wrong. But right now I am not impressed. Um, I would really like the truth as to why Drew Garrett's gone instead of some company company line. And then maybe I can get behind it. Bernard? Mm-hmm. I have a slightly different take. I thought he was okay. Um, and, and I'm taking to the account the circumstances by which, you know, he, you know, he came in, not, not, not why Drew Garrett, not why Drew Garrett was, was fired or let go or whatever the hell happened with that, but rather, you know, he was thrust into the middle of this huge storyline with massive amounts of dialogue, um, and, and he had to just, like, do it all, like, immediately. And I didn't think he did a horrible job. Um, I think the biggest problem that I had with him was that he was just too physically spastic through a good portion of his scenes, particularly with Lulu. Uh, mm-hmm. He was like all over the place. It was like he was having a bad medication reaction. His and nerves were showing he, too He was showing badly, exactly. That was the biggest thing because he was doing his best to connect with both the character and the actors that he was playing. Yes, and I saw a lot of glimmer. I saw some glimmers of of Michael, of Drew Garrett's Michael, um, when he was talking to Morgan on the phone. Because there was like a, there was some tenderness, um, you know, and, and some sweetness, and you know how he was trying to let Morgan know it wasn't his fault, um, you know, that that Morgan hadn't screwed up, um, and so on and so forth. So I saw some glimmers of hope, but. I'm, I'm, I'm Reagan. I need to give him a little bit more time before I'm completely on board. But I, I thought he, for what he did, having to come in with, you know, in what in what he said, basically, uh, you know, in the middle of a pivotal moment, perhaps the most pivotal moment, mm-hmm. the whole storyline. <laughs> I thought he did pretty good. Now, from a narrative perspective, like like you said, I I think it just sort of ruined all of it going forward. And as other people mm-hmm. have said, they should have waited until the confession has been made and maybe even the trial was over before the final recast. That was a narrative mistake and an executive mistake. But Chad the best, did it. Okay. The best thing I'm they sorry. could have done was let him confess, let Michael have some kind of consequence that requires him to be sent away, mm-hmm. and then when he comes back, have Chad in the role. Mm-hmm. That would have been the smartest move they made. I agree. Sorry, I you know I'm just super bitter about this. 
Sorry. Well, um, I'm <laughs> going to play the indifferent card and say I'm going to give him 30 days. I <laughs> you I, always give him 30 days. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. Not always. But this time, it's like I'm going to just say, you know what? We'll give him 30 days. He's young. There are significantly worse young actors on television right now. Mm. I can think of who've been on longer, who've been on significantly longer. I know, but we had such a good one, and they let him go. It just doesn't make sense. Let him go. They kabonked him on the head like a. I know Drew Garrett for the Emmy. Drew Garrett for the Emmy. That's. You know, Jillian's got her Watch One Life to Live on Twitter. Mine's going to be Drew Garrett for the Emmy. <laughs> Sorry, well, go ahead. Speaking <laughs> of someone who also deserves an Emmy nomination, Tuck Watkins, One Life Woo-hoo! to Live, has signed him to a contract. What do you think, Reagan? Oh, my God. That, like, made my whole day when that news came out. <laughs> <laughs> made my day. That's awesome. Do I you... just wish Amanda Sutton was still on the show to go up against him. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> do you think it would have been, do, okay my question about this is and this is going to transition us into the storyline topic do you think it's possible that tuck Watkins, on his very broad shoulders will be able by through performance de force or however the a tour de force can, can turn this show around yes is, and, and, and is it too much to hope that one solitary actor can do that Yes. By, yeah. by any scene that he's walking into, just making it better. Yes and no, because he definitely has that ability, but too much of a good thing can still be mm-hmm. too much. Exactly. Well, and I want to clarify, in no way, shape, or form am I um, saying negative things about some of the other actors who are acting their hearts out. I'm just saying, in the context of David Vickers, who mm-hmm. has been known to turn the worst of stuff well shit into sugar as Jillian says I think it is or Jamie says on the CBS podcast is it possible Uh, I think think there's a danger to it Um, and I think the danger to that is it's mirrored in in Kish where you know if a show becomes too dependent on on one actor or character Let's say, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, once that actor or character is fired or leaves or whatever happens, then the show tends to suffer. And I'm not saying that because I love David Vickers to death. I love Tuck Watkins to death. But, um, uh, you know, if, if, if he can rejuvenate it and give it a shot in the arm, fantastic. But uh, let's not pin all of our hopes on him. Let's pin our hopes on him riding that whole ship over there. I hope he's there for Dorian, and I hope he takes on that scumbag Ford. <laughs> well, you don't—you didn't like seeing Ford in his in his in his uh, jockeys for. No, I didn't mind the eye candy. I just think he's a scumbag. <laughs> right. And I'm slowly beginning to agree with Reagan. See, um. every day, every day I get an IM. Yep, he's a scumbag, and I just respond. I told you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's talk about another. Well. I wouldn't say scumbag, but let's talk about Marty and John's pregnancy. Mick Snore. Mick Snore, or Mick and Miss Snore. Bernard, real quickly, what do you think of the, how this is progressing? We now have Natalie as a suspect, Todd as a sp- suspect. Mm. Uh, David Vickers returns, and he's going to be both the father and the suspect. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? The, the biggest problem with the Marty losing the baby storyline and the and the attendant mystery surrounding it is the same pr- problem that it is with Marty and John as a couple. 
They're forced. They're forced. It's obvious. It's boring. It really yeah, is. Absolutely. All that big boring, big story. It is truly boring. I love I, I, Susan Haskell. I even like Michael Easton. I know Michael Easton has his critics, and people don't like him. I'm not particularly a huge John McBain fan, but I think they were both superb in the scenes in the aftermath of the loss of the baby. But the whole story just just makes me just makes me want to watch a a, a, a snuggle commercial. I just, <laughs> I just like, oh God, please let it be over soon. And and the dialogue was was just heavy handed. Do you think I pushed her? Do you think I pushed her, John? How could you think I pushed her? I didn't push her, John. Do you think I pushed her? Don't think I pushed her because I didn't push her. But uh, you think I pushed her? I was like, <laughs> the whole yeah. time. Um, it's it's it's. It's it's just it's wretched. It's wretched, wretched, wretched. It's just like somebody said, "Oh, let's give Susan Haskell a storyline and give uh, John a storyline, so you know that they can act a little bit and uh, draw in you know these other little parts." But it, it does n- nothing about it feels organic. Nothing. Oh, nothing. And absolutely nothing. Her getting pregnant didn't seem organic. I mean, <laughs> if I was if I was if I was more into sci-fi than I already am, I'd say a cyborg impregnated her. There was nothing organic <laughs> about it. Right. Reagan? Uh, uh, <laughs> it's so boring. It really is. I'm, and I hate to say it. I'm glad she lost the baby. I really hate to say it. I really, really do. After all those years of ripping General Hospital or sending a pregnant woman down the stairs, we're now actually sort of happy that it happened on one life to live. Honestly, I do. And but it's just like oh, when Natalie was like, "No, we can never be together because you think I pushed her down the stairs." I was like, "Oh my god." Here we go. Here we go. Yes. One Life to Live needs to take and look at the few organic bright spots on their show and focus on them. Yeah, like Natalie and Brody. Exactly. Natalie (laughs) and Brody. Or, I mean, they are hot. I mean, and I still say that you could have Natalie and Brody fall for each other because... And have Jessica come out of this stupid thing. Yeah, about the time Mm -hmm. that Natalie and and Brody fall for each other and are are moving past their former loves, Jessica can come out of this idiotic, insufferable, and insomniatic... I don't even think that's a word. No, it is now. 17 year old storyline to and it would, she still love it with him and it would it would salvage this terrible jessica storyline well, it and, would fit though too with her whole boyfriend stealer thing that she keeps calling natalie it would fit let her remember everything that just happened to her let her remember her reliving her teenage years and she'd be like see i was right you are a boyfriend stealer you know like it would totally fit i mean this whole 17 again crap is the worst thing i've ever witnessed in my entire life well, you know what's going to happen. It's worse than it's worse than Mitch Lawrence trying to rape his own daughter. Well, no, that was just sick and disturbing. This is it was just... sick and disturbing, right? Yeah, and entertaining to me. I mean, not not Speak that entertaining that I wanted him self. to do it. <laughs> just the fact that they would go go that far into yeah. it. Um, yeah. But I know I didn't. I wouldn't never wanted that to happen. But you know what would happen is if if how this would play out because the way the show has been written recently. Natalie and uh, Brody would, would be doing the do. Jessica would get her memory back. She would walk in right in the middle of uh-huh. just doing the nasty, and then she would turn into mess. 
And Natalie <laughs> Natalie should end up pregnant because then Jessica can steal Natalie's baby. It all makes sense and it all works. Forget John McBain. Forget it. Christian Vega. Put Leave Christian with Layla. They're good together. But you have a dynamic triangle with these three. If you play it right, get these poor characters out of the orbit of McBain. But then what do you do with McBain? Leave him with Marty? McBain... Who cares what happens to McBain? He can go bo- <laughs> boing dynamite for all I care. I do not care. And what about this Hannah chick? Do we like her or not? I kind of like to start telling her off, though. Oh, Krista Dollar said this last week was fantastic. I mm-hmm. know. Sorry, I just had to say that. I liked her telling her off. Final like thoughts? Her <laughs> Final thoughts, Reagan? I don't care about Hannah, since I mentioned it. Uh, GH, I'm loving you still. Chad. I'm going to give you some time, honey, but it's very limited, (laughs) very, very limited. And it's really all your boss's fault. Nobody else's. Um, All my children, I'm quite enjoying you, but I hear I'm not going to enjoy you for much longer because of your new writers. So we'll see. And we had firsthand experience with that, didn't we, Luke? Oh, yes. (laughs) And I, I'm, it's just my coworkers. I mean, my, my colleagues here are telling me I'm going to hate you soon. So I apologize. You can blame them. There is a 70% chance that you will end up hating <laughs> all my children after. The, I mean, if, if they do the miraculous and don't t- take this down the path of their other shows, it will be a miracle. Bernard, final thoughts. Um, my final thought is um, about um, all my children. I'm not sorry, uh, General Hospital. And um, despite the the fact that Sonny's trial has basically been an extraordinarily bad episode of Boston Legal, I have to Diane say... Diane has been doing a great job. Carolyn Hennessy oh, has been doing oh, a fantastic, fantastic job. Oh, fantastic. In fact, I think all of the actors have been, been doing a fantastic job. Um, and I have to... And, and, and that was really my final thought. I love all the actors. I know that uh, uh, Dahlia Salem um, uh, slash who plays Claire... Um, Dahlia Salem uh, and, and Claire aren't all aren't the most popular people. I love me from Claire, and uh, Carolyn Hennessy has been on fire as she always is. But my special my special shout out goes to Bergen Williams who plays Alice. Uh, uh, it has been a riot. She's been present in every scene. I, it is it is fantastic that you know they've thrown her a bone and given her. So much more to do, um, even if it's for a really short period of time. Because I, I think of everybody, I just enjoy anything that Alice is doing, whether it's scribbling every single detailed note of everything that is said and done in the courtroom, or riding that jury roughshod in the jury room. So that's kind of my final thought. A, a special shout out to the actors um, at, at GH, um, and especially to Bergen Williams, who's he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. My final thought also has to do with General Hospital. I never thought I would see the day where the amazing Constance Towers couldn't deliver or couldn't make me enjoy crappy dialogue. <laughs> that happened this last week. Constance Towers is amazing. Helena Cassadine is one of my all-time favorite villains right up there with Adam Chandler, Stefano Demira. But I am so sick of, you know this is Nicholas's baby. 
and you know this is a Cassidyne. I get it. I get it. This is Helena. Helena is supposed to be this way about any grandchild heir to the throne, the non-existent throne, or maybe the one on her yacht, one of the two. But they've got to come up with something better for Helena to do. I love her. I'm glad she's back, and I know I shouldn't be complaining because anytime Helena in Constance Towers is back is a good thing. But seriously, can we improve the dialogue? Please. Yes, the Cassidines try to blow up the world, not just switch DNA on babies. Right. Yeah. And and probably what would make it significantly more intriguing if is if we, the viewers, didn't actually know if it was the baby or not. Or if it was a Cassidine or not. Well, you know what you should like, though, Luke, is Nicholas is going to um, go after Mr. Bauer and remind Ooh. him. Ooh. That sounds that- good. He's messing with the Cassidines. You may I, think you're some... You, you've just heard my whole thing about the Cassidines around. <laughs> okay. Uh, that Brad McCall has been really good. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> yes. I think GH should consider um, keeping him around. Oh, yes. Bradley Cole, um, as, as Mr. Bauer, has been really good. I've been we digging need a, uh, We need a Ruth... I mean, I like Claire, too, but we do need a uh, ruthless attorney type. Mm-hmm. I will say this. I, I wrote it in This Week in Daytime. I believe it was last week. I really wish that this uh, Claire, the attorney, was Patrick Drake's old love interest from college because I would love to see a Scrubs triangle with her. Well, it's too late. They've already met at the bar this week. And... I know, but I'm still saying it's not like we can't put her in their orbit and get rid of Lisa, the author. Well, and Bradley Cole is going to be still around in a few weeks because Laura Wright tweeted that she's filming with him on Tuesday. So mm-hmm. mm, there you Reunion. go. Reunion. On that note, we would encourage you to comment on this episode at daytimeconfidential.com. While you're there, add us as a friend on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.